Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Nurse Mama Show, the home of happy parents and healthy teens. I'm your host, Dr. Jessica Peck, pediatric nurse practitioner, nursing professor, and mom of four teens. I'll serve as your expert guide to engage, equip, encourage, and empower you to navigate life's toughest issues with your teens. We will explore health impacts and home strategies to create a safe space in an unsafe world. My co-host for this series will be Pastor Brian Haynes, who will guide us through the spiritual impacts and help us grow our faith. Let's explore conversation keys together and get started. Welcome to episode four of the Dr. Nurse Mama podcast. We're talking about cyberbullying, how to create a safe space in an unsafe world. I hope by now you've had time to get your copy of Behind Closed Doors, a guide to help parents and teens navigate through life's toughest issues. If you missed the first podcast episodes, go back and take a listen so you are up to speed in our journey together. Now, listen, I have absolutely no doubt that you are going to learn something in this book chapter and this podcast. I'm going to start by telling you, you may or may not know, my primary area of expertise and leadership as a nurse is actually in human trafficking. After receiving education and awareness through an organization called Unbound Now Houston, my entire nursing career took a dramatic left turn. I found myself in the halls of Congress, writing and testifying for legislation here in Texas, working with the United States Department of Health and Human Services, and appearing on television and radio. It was through working with kids abused and exploited in trafficking that I decided to write behind closed doors for parents, addressing issues where risk for trafficking starts. That is with mental health, social media, sexting, pornography, and other very real threats facing teens today. Trafficking intersects teen online activity. And I'm going to post a link for free online training you can take from Unbound Now Houston. We have training for teachers, parents, students, and health professionals. Honestly, I find a lot of parents don't want to hear me talking about trafficking. It's dark and very scary, and it doesn't really seem like a real threat. And I'm so sorry to tell you, it's very, very real. I'll be talking about that on my social media in the upcoming days. The world has changed, friends. When you and I were growing up and thinking about our childhood experiences, we had differing images of bullying compared to today's reality. You may think of stereotypical movie scenarios like A Christmas Story, The Sandlot, or more recently, Seventeen Again. These bullying episodes almost always happen in the school cafeteria or the school playground, and it's going to involve getting beat up and or taking your lunch money with potential humiliation in front of dozens of your peers. Teens today fear humiliation on the World Wide Web in front of thousands of their peers and millions of strangers where it's easy for a video to go viral. Even if your teen is not on social media, they can still be bullied on social media platforms. And it's far more nefarious than just trying to take their lunch money. We're talking about complex topics like flaming, 
outing, trickery, catfishing, trolling, things we don't even know what they are, much less how to prevent them and respond if they happen. Bullying today includes slam books, blogo bullying, e-intimidation, griefing, and slut-shaming. If I lost you, don't worry. You can read all about it in Behind Closed Doors. The good news today is that it is possible for you to create a safe space for your teen in a world that feels so unsafe. In reality, some of our teens, I'm going to say this very gently, are the online aggressors. In a world of social media, it's difficult to see long-term consequences and lifelong impacts a seemingly thoughtless act can have. We all did foolish things growing up. They just don't live on in perpetual digital infamy. Aren't you glad? Think about a time you said something thoughtless or cruel or did something really dumb. Play that on the movie in your mind and now imagine there's a video of that where Not only you can see it, but millions of people can play it at will. Our words matter. What we say matters. So we are going to talk about how to intentionally deliver words of affirmation straight to the heart of your teen. Were you ever in an elementary class or junior high or maybe even a work function where everyone does that cheesy thing and writes something nice about you and then you see that paper? Maybe some of you even still have something like that. I know I do. I have some of those papers from when I was growing up. Well, you are going to have the opportunity to create that for your teen. You're going to have the opportunity to go to people who love your teen and collect messages of life to combat those words that are hurtful and hopeless and so unsafe. You'll nurture a safe place for your teen to safely share their heart and their emotions and to thrive in these 21st century realities. Now, the word of the year during the pandemic was unprecedented. Truth be told, we all hate that word now, along with other words I'm sure you could easily name. In a world that seems so completely turned upside down over the last year, we are just bombarded with words bringing us news of death, disease, rioting, war, and all other kinds of things that just seemed so unimaginable just a short time ago. And it seems like the only thing that is certain is uncertainty. I find myself deeply changed in the way that I talk to my children. Life seems a little more fragile, and I hug them just a little bit longer, if they let me. Here's the thing, parents. Even though it doesn't seem like it, your teens are listening intently to every word you say. More importantly, they believe you. I wonder if you could easily recall something your parents said to you, maybe with a mean spirit or maybe completely innocently, maybe about your appearance, your clothes, your performance in something. They said something that hurt. Was it 20, 30, 40 years ago? And still you remember it. In 20 years, your teen won't remember much of what was said on their social media stage, but they will remember what you said on their heart stage. Our kids need to see confidence from us, even when we don't feel it, and we can't do that on our own strength. So, did you fail this week? Did you speak words you regret? Did you have moments where you weren't at your best? 
Did you give up when you should have pressed in? Were you impatient? Oh, there was that one time one of my children got a hold of a BB gun from a relative that I had previously forbidden and may or may not have injured their sibling in the backside. And I may or may not have said words I sincerely regret. It was not my finest hour, by far. But in the words of the apparently immortal Toby Mac, because can we all just take a minute and agree he has not aged like the rest of us? By the way, Toby, if you're listening, what is your secret beyond the obvious trendy glasses? Well, I digress. He says in his song, we lose our way, we get back up again. It's never too late to get back up again. One day you're going to shine again. You may be knocked down, but not out forever. This is because God's compassions never fail, but His mercies are new every morning, not once a week or once a year. Every day is fresh. So I challenge you today to speak life to someone. Be bold. Step out of your comfort zone. Speak to that person at the grocery store. Reach out to that friend who posted something on social media. Check on that friend you're worried about. Take a break from nagging your teen about that one thing and look for ways to edify them instead. How do we teach these practices to our children with the opposite on public display in the media? It seems like many days the world just simply needs a parent to moderate. As parents, we handle chaos, no problem. Conflict management, our specialty. Lies and half-truths, nice try. Disrespect and incivility, not on our watch. But these are the lessons I'm trying to teach my kids. Be kind to each other. Retaliation is never the answer. You are responsible for your choices. Ask for forgiveness when you are wrong. When you hurt someone, serve them patiently and give them space to heal. Step up and do the right thing, even when it's incredibly hard. In 1865, William Ross Wallace wrote, The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. So I'm talking to you parents out there who feel hopeless and powerless over what to do over the state of affairs in this country. Let's together be encouraged by the powerful influence we have right in our own homes and the strength that lies in choosing kindness. So today, turn off the TV, close your social media, put music on the radio, find ways to laugh together. Do something silly, have breakfast for dinner, make a crazy hair contest, play charades, something that says to your children the words from Proverbs, she is clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Be brave. Be strong. Don't give up. God will be there soon. Now it's time to welcome my co-host, Pastor Brian Haynes, pastor of Bay Area Church and Bay Area Christian School in League City, Texas. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad to be here. Well, on this episode, we are going to continue a little bit of our discussion from the last episode about social media, but this time we're going to dive a little more into some of the negative things, some of the traumatic things that can happen on social media like cyberbullying. Let me read you this quote from Behind Closed Doors. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. 
I'm sure you would agree with me that this is wrong. The truth really goes like this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will wound my heart and soul forever. So what role do you think our faith plays in finding healing from words that have wounded us to our very core? People underestimate the power of words. And I can tell you, if I'm even not talking about teenagers, I can tell you, I could make you a list of 40-year-olds who heard something harsh when they were 13 or 12, and it has impacted their life for life. They're not over it as of yet. You know? So we underestimate the power of words, and social media just makes that exponentially more uh, the, the opportunity to be wounded exponentially more. And when you think about helping someone find healing for those words of that are painful um many people would approach that many different ways but there's for me primarily faith is that pathway to healing the wound because while everything is connected mentally emotionally physically spiritually it's all connected at the deepest part of who we are when we're we, we receive a word that just wrecks us on the inside and we believe what happens is we believe it yeah and then we sort of become that thing whatever whatever it is we allow ourselves to become that thing is traumatic but faith redefines who we are it like brings us back to the center and it shows us what god thinks of us uh he loves us he gave himself himself for us it, it tells us about the goodness and the grace of god it tells us what his hopes and dreams are for us it shows us that while we live in an environment that's very wounding there is healing for every wound there is hope beyond the pain that we feel uh, right now and those lies don't define us well, I think you're speaking to a lot of people who are really resonating with what you have to say. And you said, you know, people who are 40, I'm 40-ish, and can even relate to that and thinking of things in my childhood. And, you know, the a lot of the things that we're talking about, the Bible doesn't have a lot of Bible verses about. We're going to talk about vaping in the future. You can't look in your concordance and see you know, mm -hmm. something for vaping. But the Bible does have a lot to say about the power of our words. So how can parents recognize the spiritual implications of the words they are using to communicate to their teens, both for harm and for good? We have a special opportunity as parents because we're perfectly designed and wired by God to be the primary caregiver, faith trainer of those kids that are growing up as ours. Um, and so it's almost like a, a special, um, impactful power that we have. And we can offer words of power, we can offer words of pain. Oh, and good. it's really important that we empower, that we build up, that we encourage. Um, it's easier to offer words of pain, honestly, mm. sometimes. Um, and so while maybe the, the Bible speaks to the tongue as like the rudder of a boat that steers <laughs> it and it, it shows the power of, of words, I think that we as parents have to, have to remember 
who God created us to be in the life of our teenage son or daughter, and to use uh, words of power and empowerment as opposed to words of pain. It doesn't mean we don't tell them the truth, but it does mean our tone, our tenor, our, our exact words are thought through. I know for me, like a big struggle has always been just reacting and wanting to <laughs> fix something. Uh, no matter the cost. And I had to learn personally as a parent, like sometimes words that identify the problem are not necessarily the right words. They're painful words in that moment. And of course, if you ever throw out anything labeling to your teenager, like, oh, yeah. you, you know, you're lazy or you're an idiot or, you know, all those kinds of things, man, it sticks mm -hmm. to them. And so we, we I think, have to use words of power instead of words of pain. That is a really compelling paradigm that is going to stick in my head, honestly, thinking about that intentional choice we have. And I think sometimes as parents, the words of pain that we deliver to our teens are not from a place of intentionality. Mm -hmm. We're not walking into a situation thinking, I want to hurt you and I'm going to say this. That's not usually the case. It usually comes from that reactive place you talked mm -hmm. about, that emotion that, and usually we're not angry so much at our teen. We're angry that we see their potential. But speaking words of life requires a whole different kind of intentionality. Those don't usually come out of reactive. You know, we don't usually look at our, you know, kids and say, oh, wow, you just did such a great job today. You are just, you know, not on my nerves at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't do that. So how can we translate that into a spiritual discipline of taking that responsibility to intentionally deliver words of power. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the key word is intentionality. Um, it does take more time and more effort because you have to think about what you're going to say. And one of the things I really had to learn, not only in my marriage, but with my kids is, okay, I need to practically take a step back and think about what I'm going to say before I say it. Even if I have to say, I want to think about that and then and then come back uh, to it. It's it's the intentionality of recognizing you're at a crossroads, power or pain. Words of power aren't fluff. They're not, I'm not talking about like building somebody up in a way that is untrue, but but really, for instance, I think about a time in my oldest daughter's life where she was going through probably the worst. Thing imaginable to me. Mm -hmm. We were walking through this really difficult time. She was struggling with depression, anxiety. Words of power were we words, not mm -hmm. you words. So we are going to get through this together. There's mm -hmm. power in we. Uh, there's hope in we're going to get through this. Um, so I'm not talking about fluff or, hey, here's a sticker for something great. I'm talking about really thinking through, like, what do they need and how do we navigate that? I, I want to go back to something you said earlier when you use labeling words, like you're a liar, you are a cheater, mm -hmm. you know, and really a lot of parents that I see, they have this misconception that my teen doesn't care anything about what I say. They don't listen to me. They only care about their friends. And that is just not true. They believe 
every word you say. They are listening so intently. And so how can we as parents, do you think, transform that? Say they are having a struggle, a particular struggle, but instead of saying you're a liar, saying you're struggling with lying, and how can we walk alongside them and identify that character trait and speak truth to it, but still convey a a message of power and mm-hmm. and powerful words and saying that I still believe in you. I haven't lost faith in you. We will get through this together. Mm-hmm. So I think that's rooted in heart connection, right? You already, when that moment comes up, when that season comes up, you have to have established a relational heart connection with your teenager. Uh, so much so that they're they're willing to hear they do hear everything we say. They latch on like like anybody does. They latch on to the critical more quickly than they latch on to the compassion. So we we have to develop that heart connection daily. First of all, engage, engage, engage with love, with spending time with them, uh, all those things that they they need. That gives us the ability then to speak in. And for uh, a parent, I. You know, the the best advice I ever got on this particular issue was think about how, if you were in that situation, how you would like to be dealt with. Mm. How would offer, afford as much grace as you require? How much grace do you require from God, your heavenly father? How much grace does your daughter require from her earthly father? So it's a humbling way of thinking, but I think it's a good thing when it comes to this issue. And if you're in the word yourself, biblically, those words are words of power. And so they come to you, I think, given by the Holy Spirit in those moments to to really engage. And if you don't know what to say, don't say, just be present. Oh, I say amen to all of those things, because sometimes as parents, we do require grace from our teens. Mm -hmm. We mess up and we say words that we shouldn't say. And last time we talked a little bit about talking to teens that say something they regret. What do you say to the parents who think, I really wish I hadn't said that? Well, when you have that feeling, I really wish I hadn't said that. Um, you probably shouldn't have said it. <laughs> and we just need to go to them like they were anybody else, another a peer, uh, anyone. But the, even more, they're even more important. They're our, our kids. And we need to go to them. And here's what we need to do. Hey, my daughter's middle daughter's name is Maddie. Hey, Maddie, when I said whatever I said, I was totally wrong. I was reacting. I was frustrated. You're not that, and you're, you need to know that. Please, please, please forgive me. I'm putting all that power in your hands because I just sinned against you. Please wow. forgive me. That is powerful. And Maddie, if you're listening, I, I think you should forgive him. I'm just <laughs> please. Kidding. I'm just going to throw that out there. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Brian. As always, you provide such a gentle voice of grace and truth and strength, and we are so appreciative of you walking alongside us in these really tough issues. Thanks for having me. Well, that concludes Episode 4. We hope you join us next time. Here's your homework. 
read chapter three of Behind Closed Doors and do all the things. Your legacy letter this time is a fun way to speak affirmation to the heart of your teen. Believe me, my teen absolutely loved this. Second, find me on Spotify and check out the power-themed playlist to accompany the material in chapter three. Third, subscribe at drnursemama.com to access all the resources waiting just for you. I'll see you next time on the Dr. Nurse Mama podcast, home of happy parents and healthy teens. Thanks for tuning in to the Dr. Nurse Mama show. Connect with us online at drnursemama.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Nurse Mama. You can find Pastor Brian at brianhaines.org or on Facebook at Dr. Brian Haynes. Tune in next time and invite a friend.